All right, welcome back to season two of the Sales Book Club podcast. This ep or this episode or this week, we are reviewing Sales EQ by Jeb Blunt. And I'm joined by our co-hosts, Zach Mofield and Ryan Pugh. Uh, kind of get straight into the, the genesis of the book. So Sales EQ is the follow-up book of Jeb's to his number one uh, bestseller, Fanatical Prospecting. Uh, came out about two years later. Uh, it's probably the most complete work on identifying and managing seller-specific emotions uh, to kind of improve the sales process. Uh, I think a lot of people, myself initially, were in, uh, included was like uh, EQ emotions and kind of touchy feely. It's not really, it's not really there. It's he references a lot of science and, and frameworks just to help keep people, salespeople from shooting themselves in the foot um, and, and focus on their situational awareness. But uh, it is helpful though, to, like the Jeb, in my opinion, I think Jeb does a good job uh, validating why you might react a certain way or, or perceive things certain ways. So uh, it's a, it's a pretty good book just to, especially for younger, I think uh, early seasoned uh, salespeople. Um, but it still does carry, you know, for people that have been around for a little while in sales, just as a good reminder. Um, and I'll say this is, it's interesting. The very first story that opens in the book is, I think it's a great story because it, it captures things really, really well is, uh, a young seller is, is trying to justify a higher price uh, with an older prospect and his manager comes in, sort of saves the day just by reframing the differentiator and not reacting to the, the prospect's energy. Uh, and I think it, it sets up the book really well on just, you know, how do you maintain that internal locus of control? Um, I will say, you know, portions of, of sales EQ uh, went, you can almost take them chunk by chunk. They ended up becoming... Uh, other books of, of Jeb later on, like Objections and Inked, he, I mean, really is able to expand upon some of those concepts he briefly mentions uh, mentions here. But um, yeah, Ryan, Zach, what are your guys, uh, we'll just say initial thoughts on the book. Good, Ryan. You know, my initial thoughts, kind of what you're mentioning, Daniel, is that this is a great book for early stage, early career folks. And that's not a knock. What I mean by that is I think that you need to have this as your foundation when you're going into sales. We all know that sales is kind of a mental game to a certain degree. Um, it took me a few years actually in sales to really understand that. A lot of times I just thought, oh, I just got to be positive about my thinking, but that's not really like <laughs> going to get you like through life. That's almost like just trying to power through it. Um, and so it was only when I actually had the opportunity to have training from Jeb years ago with the company I was with, and he brought up some of these factors when we we're uh, meeting in person. And it started making me think about the psychology around our mindsets. Do we have that growth mindset? Are we leaning in on problems? Are we trying to find a solution? And um, so to that end, I, I think this book is probably a must read for, for most people if they haven't already, if they haven't already already given themselves the opportunity to think about things from an emotional psychological standpoint. Cause again, that's an aspect of sales that I don't think is touched on as much as, as people think about when they, they usually we're just talking about quota and how to close deals. So I don't know, Zach. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think uh, what you guys hit the nail on the head that it's uh, it's definitely a book that teaches you about, you know, the overall theme that I thought was, hey, controlling your emotions um, and then having a process and really combining those two uh, together to, to really form influential, influential relationships. Uh, it, it is definitely for all the sales books that I've read before, it's definitely a lot different in the fact that, hey, let's talk about the science behind this. And Jeb kind of really talks about, you know, how the brain works and the self-disclosing loop and then how you feel. And when you talk, how, how much better you feel and, you, you know, just it, it's an excellent, excellent book, like you guys said. For someone who's maybe been in in sales just a little bit but younger in their career and really wants to take it to the next level by understanding the science behind how your brain actually works and i think daniel you mentioned it you hit the nail on the head he takes some of the stuff in the book and expands greatly on it in other books so it's it's definitely a great a great one to start with yeah <laughs> yeah i think oh, uh what was what was interesting is, you know, this was the follow-up to fanatical prospecting. And one of the things that they, I think a lot of people, especially newer salespeople struggle with um, coming out of like reading or, or fanatical prospecting or going through one of those prospect, fanatical prospecting book boot camps is like that feeling of like sometimes, Hey, you got to just let it, let the, be a duck, let the water roll off your back and, and go on to the next one. And then I think this book does a really good job addressing like, okay, why does it, why am I getting frustrated that I can't get people to answer the phone or why they, I, I can't get them to move to the next meeting or, and it addresses a lot of those, um, those feelings that you have when you, you're just not sure why, why something isn't working. Yeah. Um, I thought that it, it does a, it's a great, great follow-up to that. It is. And something I think we should call out is if you've never read a sales book, this is probably not the first one you should read because it's not going to give you do a, like a prescriptive approach on how to set a meeting, how to prospect, how to, you know, move, move through your pipeline. But what it does do is after you have that foundational understanding of the basics of sales, I think this is a great follow on to giving you a deeper understanding and the nuances of things. Um, so I just want to call that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, uh, if you're starting your sales career, it's probably a good like year two or three book. You know, there's all uh, plenty of other books you can read, but it's that it's once you've kind of experienced a lot, of, a lot of those emotions and, and frustrations that may happen throughout the sales process, it's like really good timing. And that's what happened with me is I think I read it in, I don't know, probably year two, two, maybe three of, of my sales career. And it, it set for me, it set the foundation of being wanting to consume all these other books that I've, we've, you know, I've read and you, you guys have read as well. So uh, it really started that for me, it started that passion and, and yeah, it, it was great. Um, so let's, let's kind of move on. We're going to break this down like the rest of this episode. We're going to try to go within uh, around 30 ish minutes. So we're going to do next sort of core concepts and then we'll follow that with some more tactical, like, Hey, here's some, how I've, maybe you guys have applied some of the things in, in this book throughout your career, whether knowing, you know, knowing it or not. Um, but just kind of core concepts. And, and I'll kind of start with the, the big theme for me uh, uh, or concept that it, it was really important uh, in, in this book was like people buy for their reasons and not yours. Um, I think if like that, it just as an underlying principle, if you always go into every conversation, sales conversation and remind yourself of that before you walk in, things are going to go tremendously better overall for, in that sales conversation because 
uh, I think it's really key to just reframing why you're having that conversation with the prospect uh, or, or client. And you know, there's some other authors that have wrote about like sales is an, is an experience or something that's it's something you do for other people. Um, but I think that one, that short little sentence or whatever, seven, uh, eight words, whatever it is, I think helps uh, really reframe, you know, it's not about your company, your products or features. You know, it's, it's about understanding and connecting like, are uncovering where they intersect with where they're at and where they want to go and, you know, making sure you're in the right place uh, with the right intentions. Um, Cause it's really easy to, for salespeople, especially looking at commissions to be uh, almost like self-serving, um, you know, and it, Jeb does, he kind of outlines a little bit in there of like, and it's about like empathy. And I do, I think, setting saying that sentence but you know people buy for their reasons not yours i think saying that before you go into any conversation i think automatically triggers empathy first right is uh it's about them and then you kind of remind you self-awareness which is kind of like the next section of, of one of his frameworks he lays out um and i think if you give if you can just do those like that it's going to move you really far along what about what other con core concepts did you guys you know pick up on or, or appreciate. Zach, did you want to go? I mean, I have yeah, a couple yeah. things, but yeah, yeah. So I, I think the biggest thing for me, um, and then subtopics underneath it was uh, managing your emotions, you know, in life, you you've got to always, you know, manage your emotions, whether it be in sales, uh, personal life. Uh, personally, I've got a, uh, a family member who I, they're not special needs, but they, they have some needs that are different. Um, and, and so, you know, we've got to manage our emotions when we interact with them because mm -hmm. they don't, they, they just process information differently. And so I relayed that a lot while I was reading this book of like, it's the same thing in sales. Uh, you know, I love it. Jeb says throughout the book a couple of times that like, you can't argue a prospect, a current customer, you can't argue them in to believing that they're wrong or that you're right. You know, you've got to figure out what, what clicks for them how to make a business case for why you should just, just like at the beginning of the book, you know, he the, the uh, story you told Daniel was, you know, the guy was like, that's exactly what we're trying to tell you, Mr. Clazy. We're the whatever bread company of, of truck rental. And I was, you know, I've heard the story before from outbound and, and other books, but I was he like, loved this story. <laughs> I love it. It was great. It was like just such an aha moment of like, that's what we've been trying to tell you. Uh, so I, I would say managing your managing your ex emotions, excuse me, but not not only the lows, but the highs as well. And specifically, the example he gives in the book about when someone says, um, "Hey, I've only got five minutes for our meeting. Just give give me your your best information or whatever." You know, as a rep, you don't want to just go right into saying like, "Hey, here's your pitch, if you will, or whatever." If it's not important for them to make the time, then it's not a, have the emotional control to say, hey, we need to reschedule or walk away. So I, it was just, I definitely think managing emotions was the biggest one for me. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I think I'm, I used to think I had no emotions and that's proven to be wrong time time again. So I, I do like the just managing emotions. Being a parent fixes that really quickly. <laughs> yeah, when you're like screaming at your kids, you're like, oh, I do have emotions. Um, but uh I, I also liked 
where he's talking about um, like when you're building up rapport with customers and stuff and just kind of the prescriptive way that he went about that. I thought that was also kind of nice when we're going from managing emotions to like, how do you then connect emotionally with the, with a prospect or a customer? I thought that was kind of an interesting technique. And the one I, I really like, so I'm in tech, I sell technology solutions. Sometimes there can be, a little vagueness to what the solution will do. And I don't mean that it's like a made up solution. It's just that there can be a, a, a variety of, uh, of outcomes when you deploy a solution. And so you kind of have to tell a lot of times we tell a story on what the outcome will look like. And, and again, we're not doing that to make anything up. We're just doing it to convey emotionally, like here's what the impact will be when you guys deploy this technology. And so I, I really like how he focuses on that storytelling and then building that rapport with people as well that connected with me. Yeah. One of the other ones that I, I and I, I, the very first time I read it, it, it connected with me and, and reading it again, I think it was probably maybe my third, third time, maybe fourth time reading this book. I think it's a great refresher. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe not the whole thing, but just there's certain things that's like just good reminders and to like remind yourself on. And, and what like the, the big, again, one of the other big core concepts I got out of it, the very first time I read it was, Ultra high performers, which I love that phrase, are constantly shaping win probabilities in their favor. And that's something and that kind of, I can explain a little bit later on like the tactical side of that. Um, but, but ultimately uh, keeping that in mind, I'm like, all right, to, for me to be the most effective and hit my quota and, and do really well financially, it's like I want to spend my time where I'm going to win. You know, as, as a former athlete and just ultra competitive person, I was like, why do I want, well, I wouldn't want to invest my time where I only have a 5% chance of winning. If whatever the factors are, I want to spend the time where closer to, to 100%. And I think that just, again, helps frame, you know, the context of like uh, for a seller, all right, how am I utilizing my time and how can, you know, I deliver the most value both for them and for myself. I thought that that, that was again, something always to, to kind of carry with you through, through your jobs. Cause I've seen people that are like, I'm just so busy. I put out proposal after proposal. And then, you know, I have a, you know, I win like five out of every hundred and it's like, man, that's a, that's a lot of work. And it's, mm -hmm. you're going to have a hard time scaling and being successful when you have a low win rate. Um, and so like that yeah. top tier, it's like, how do you do that? And then the tactically, there's a few steps to help do some of that. But um, any other, uh, Zach, any other big concepts that kind of clicked with you? Yeah, I'll touch on a little bit of like what you said about the ultra high performers and shaping the, the win probability. Um, you know, Jeb talks about, um, you know, he, he doesn't want to hire. I think specifically he said, I, I got a note here somewhere, um, doesn't hire people who say they're a people person. Um, because ultra high performers, they they connect well with people. Don't get me wrong, but they, he, you know, Jeb talks about as a salesperson, what is your job? Your job is to move the business forward and gain commitment and sell, right? So he doesn't he doesn't want to hire people who say that they're a people person because they have a hard time get you know managing the relationship and only being a someone who's there to like, oh, okay, I understand like that. Well, okay, what I'm you hearing you say, Zach, is they need to go to customer success if they're a people person <laughs> very, very professional much. friend maker yeah, yeah right yeah it's like hey you can still be friendly with them but have, right. have uh, the relationship to push back and say hey 
make the business case and sell the value. And here's, here's what you need to do. I mean, that's like you said, that's what ultra high performers do. They, they've been that win probability every chance they get. So what about you, Ryan? Well, you know, it's funny. I took some notes on like, we're talking about managing your emotions and you guys are mentioning ultra high performers. I realized uh, I'm doing a lot. I'm not doing most of the things that he <laughs> recommends. So, you know, I work from home. We all work from home. Uh, I used to think working from home, I'd have more time to myself. I think now though, because I work from home and my wife is here, I it's sometimes I'm like afraid to go out for a walk or something outside. Cause I feel like I'm like leaving housework undone, but like he mentions like taking breaks, positive visualization exercise. Yeah. When I do deploy that, like employ those strategies, it, it, it makes such a difference. So I, I think it's a good reminder that we shouldn't just sit in our desk all day. That's yeah. a nightmare. Like, yeah. Does anybody it, want to sit like in desk all day long? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, there's been several of several authors and, and like per, performance gurus that are like get a good night's sleep, right? And mm-hmm. Exercise, all those things because they do. There's a, a benefit to your mentality, um, and and in focus. And I think that's a, it's key. Is like if you're in a bad mood, you had a bad night's sleep, it's gonna be hard for you to manage your emotions. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, hey, let's hear. Uh, kind of round on the corner. Tactful, tactically, what are a few things either that you guys notice that is you've done well in the past, or uh, you know could do better that you've noticed as a blind spot, but uh, that kind of a couple of things that Jed may have laid out in this book. But um, are any of those kind of areas where you guys can share like, hey, that was a good lesson and I put it to good use? Yeah, so I think um, the the one thing that I liked that uh, he talked about was a sales call agenda. You know, as I was reading through, well, actually, I listened to his first audio book I ever did, which was was great. Um, but you know, listening through and, and taking mental notes of what he talked about during the sales call agenda, it's like, yeah, come in with the plan, man. Don't be don't be in there with your prospect or current customer, um, and, and just be a time suck for them. Put put in it nicely. You know, have an agenda. What's a, a commitment objective you wanna you want to have during this meeting and how are we going to move the business forward? Um, obviously, yeah, you, for, for yourself and your company as well, but you, you want to help them too. I mean, when they win, you, you're successful. So that, that was great um, to just kind of, I, I don't want to say a pat on the back, but it was like, all right, I actually retained something and I'm doing something well. So, so that's my opinion. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think one thing that uh, kind of a takeaway for me is in chapter seven, when it's talking about how to connect with, um, like your prospects and you know one of the things that jeb talks about is active listening as well as asking open-ended questions that that did not come naturally to to me Uh, even on this podcast i talk over you guys sometimes um so it's just a habit of mine but uh like just sitting there i used to come into sales with a preconceived notion of how I was going to ask each question. I remember I'd even write down like each question that I was going to ask and I'd be like a checklist. Um, but it doesn't flow that well naturally, you know, especially when you're selling more complex uh, things. And so now I just try to approach conversations. I have a general framework for how I'm going to go about the call. Obviously, you know, that sales call agenda is a great one to keep you on on task, but uh, just asking those open-ended questions and trying to like actively listen and empathize with what they they're saying and what solution they're trying to solve or problems they're trying to solve uh i feel like i do pretty well with that 
I can always get better though. <laughs> so I did like that. He kind of reiterates that in the book. Yeah. Like one of the things for me and he kind of touches up on it and it eventually leads to the book objections, but um, in, in a certain way for me, it's helpful in those sales conversations to just have that, take an extra breath in between before you respond, because I, I like to like match, especially like with high energy people. I try to like match that energy because I'm, I can get really animated in talking, but in doing that, I can kind of like with, with you, Ryan is like, I can kind of talk over people or, or try to like jump ahead. And, and that sometimes is okay in certain with certain mm -hmm. people, but most of the time, you know, that initial response sometimes benefits me, not the, not the, the client or, or the, the prospect. And so it's helpful for me to just, all right, let's take just an extra half a second to breathe and remind myself what's the objectives, how, you know, how to be helpful to, to them and, and just kind of slow things down just a hair so that uh, we can stay on target um, together and, and, and make sure we're utilizing our time. So uh, that was something I, uh, I, that ebbs and flows for me. Uh, it was a good reminder reading it again. Like, oh, okay. I probably need to just remind myself of, of doing that. I think it's important too, because if you meet Jeb, he's high energy. He's exactly what you think of as a salesperson and not in a bad way, but like, he's very like shakes your hands in your face kind of thing. But the fact that he's telling you, reminding you to be empathetic, to actively listen, to match their emotional, um, you know, mirroring and everything like that, like, I think it's important because it shows that he's not just, we're, I think sales sometimes gets a standpoint that if you're just charismatic, you're successful, and that's not actually the case at all. So, no, I, I, t I totally agree. One of the, it, he, there's another area where he touches on that I thought uh, and, and it goes back to like the, the shaping the wind probabilities. And mm -hmm. I think it's like the alignment of like sales process, buying process and decision process. And, you know, keep in mind, like of the, of the sales uh, on our side, like we are only focused on, we'll say two or one of those three, right. Two thirds of that is on, on the prospect side. It's their buying process, their decision process. And so you really have to change like that, your mindset. And I've, I've tried to do that as like under, in, you know, historically, okay, here's our process. We have to, sometimes we have to bend our sales process, you know, and make sure that, or tweak it just to make sure that it's in alignment with their buying process or their decision process. And, and sometimes I, I know at larger companies, that can be a little bit of a challenge because, hey, there's a lot of rigidity and here are the steps that, you know, you take, to, to move a deal forward in your pipeline. And, and it comes off sometimes, especially when it's, Hey, I'm going to take you through our sales process. It comes off as, you know, maybe disingenuous or you lack that, that uh, lack of empathy. Um, and so that is, it's, I think another thing put into practice that sometimes is a little bit hard or, or you just have to remind yourself, you know, in the conversation to, uh, to be mindful of. You know, one yeah. question I guess I have for the, you guys is the book doesn't really touch on this because it was written in 2017. And I think Jeb was always a big proponent of the in-person meetings. But how, how are you guys connecting with, with prospects and customers remotely now? Like, do you guys have any techniques that you're, you're utilizing? And I'm sorry to put you on the spot. 
so I, I'll give That's Daniel a good question. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, so I, I mean, I, I'm a remote employee, but I still have yeah. a customer base that we get out and in, in, in physically meet and have in-person meetings. Um, so, so for me being, being still new in the, in this, uh, window treatment industry, it's, you know, really trying to create the customer, the idea customer profile with, you know, they, they talk about mm-hmm. and, and it's like, okay, here are my really good customers. What makes them a good customer? And then going out and finding other customers like that, just like you would in any other business. Um, yeah. so, so for me, it's more so, you know, yeah. creating the profile and then it's like, okay, what avenues can I find the, these other prospects at, uh, and then get the meetings and stuff like that. So, uh, what, what about you, Daniel? I would say, what I've I've done is I, there's not anything we'll say specifically I intentionally do, but I will say there's a few areas that I, I definitely try to avoid and trying to connect with people. And, and it's that like standard, like, you know, template of like remote, like how's the weather? Like yeah. I, I try to avoid some Where of that stuff because it's, it's, it's so, it's hard to differentiate the experience it's when exactly you're just like everybody about. else. Yeah. And so I, you know, maybe I'll pick up on like something specific that, you know, they mention or, or, you know, just find something to be interested about, about them and, and maybe ask, uh, ask them to get more, even if it de- off goes a little bit off course of like the, the plan or the, uh, you know, the, the call objectives just to, just to be curious, just, Hey, tell me something. You mentioned something about, I don't know, something I have nothing. And I don't know anything about, I don't know. Let's just be curious. See, see where yeah. it goes. And, try to get back on track it's not a bad idea it's something i try to do is i try to stay on camera if possible um and the reason i do that is because it kind of forces me to look at the screen and be actively engaged because i mean we all have multiple screens i can be doing something else if somebody's talking if i really wanted to um yeah but i do like just sometimes having random conversations that are completely unrelated to the business it seems like that is appreciated by a lot of people because they yeah. want to talk about it too. And, I mean, they're just, yeah. And, and those are the things that people remember. If you know, you start getting on a conversation of like, you know, for example, every once in a while it comes up, when you start talking about like sports and stuff like that. I was a mascot in college and people really like Wait, you were, <laughs> I don't know this. Yeah. The oh, hype yeah. No, no. I was Southern miss. I was, Yes, I was Seymour for four years. That's why I've in, in the background back here. I have there's a little Seymour back over here, and oh, you um, know the Southern Miss. Uh, his name is Seymour. He's a Golden Eagle, but that's how I met my wife too. And uh, because my we had a uh, my best mascot teammate was a teammate, and so uh, or was a female. So like my wife was her roommate. That's how I met my wife. But those kind of like those interesting oh. stories that you're like wait, you sell what? And like, it has nothing to do with it, but people remember that about you. And at least if you can do anything from my perspective in, in an initial conversation, if you can just be memorable, like that's the hardest part yeah, of an I'm initial sales call. I'm picture of Seymour, by the way, on another screen. I had no idea. <laughs> I did not know the mascot. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> no, oh, I'm, man. I'm, I'm with you, Daniel. It's, uh, you know, being new in my industry, in my field, uh, you know, going out and meeting with these customers that I have, it, you know, you hear some feedback and, and I don't want to uh, divulge too much information. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. But it's when I leave, you can tell uh, and, you know, this isn't self-serving here, but you can tell that they walk away. I walk away and they think, wow, <laughs> that person cares. You know, but I've had 
four or five dealers uh, here recently say that like, hey, you've shown up more than than other uh, people, not necessarily with my company, but at other companies. Um, we, we really appreciate the help. And, and to your point, it, you're memorable then, right? Like it's like, hey, we're here to help. I mean, Jeb even talked about that in one of them, or one of my notes here, but it's about, um, you know, oh, right here. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in the empathy chapter, it's your, our primary mission is to serve the prospect and customers. I mean, with, without them, good luck, yeah. right? Like the doors are going to yeah. close eventually if you don't have them. So, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 oh, please go. I'm sorry. I was just, you know, trying to like piggyback back to the book is um, it, some of the later chapters, like 22, 24, whatever is, you know, do you, do people listen to me? Do people like, you know, do I make people feel important? And then like, sometimes you can't always like do that within the, just the, the rigid structure of, Hey, I work for X, I sell X. It, it's, you have to be a person. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a, it, it can be a little bit harder to do on, on uh, you know, virtually just because, Hey, I've got a 30 minute meeting and I've got another one back to that after that. And so those in-person meetings sometimes would carry a little bit longer or, um, you know, as their people are walking you out, you have a little bit different, those kind of casual conversations. And that's a little bit harder. It it can be harder to do uh, virtually if you just aren't just curious or uh, yeah, like you said, have a little charisma about yourself too. Yeah, I work um, at a big company where people are very rigid. I don't think it's by, I, I think it's by intention because there's a lot of complexity to the business. But I have found if you're just yourself sometimes and crack jokes, it goes a long way. So, like, it's it looks like Zach's in like burger room because he has no background. He's like interrogation room or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nah, it's the, it's the home office, man. We got to get some pictures back there. <laughs> I know. I, I do need to get something back there. Maybe I'll get a big sales sales uh, book club podcast sign up there or something. Here we I go. The neon and everything. <laughs> I love it. Let's what do it. What do you think? Should we do recommendations? Would we re- recommend this book to people? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we've, we have a little bit to this point. I, I would say, like we said earlier, Mike, for me – it is a great year, you may probably year two ish book. Like, get a little mm-hmm. bit of like day to day sales experience under your belt, like uh, because that way you'll be able to better recognize some of the emotions that that Jeb references in some of the uh, some of these chapters. Because yeah. again, if it's all just theoretical in your mind, like it does doesn't resonate nearly as strongly as um, you know, like, as you can. Hey, I remember that time where I responded back and I was like, "Whoops, probably shouldn't mm-hmm. have said that." I lost the deal because I got upset that blah, whatever. And I think those, it's really easy to, and powerful when you have that to, you know, connect with. I would agree. Um, you know, especially when you deal with rejection a lot with prospecting, I think you have to go through that a little bit to really have this hit home. So I, I think that's a very accurate point. You know, get, get some time under your belt dealing with rejection, dealing with success, and just kind of going about it on your own. And then this, this is a great reinforcement and understanding of what's going on, you know, up top inside. So, 
Yeah, I would agree with you guys. You know, if I was a new sales rep or advice to new sales reps, it'd be it'd be this. Hey, year one, you know, month one, year one, read for natural prospecting, get through it and and take a lot of notes and then go apply it. And oh, by the way, month two, read new sales simplified by Mike Weinberg. And then at year at month 13, come back and read this because then you've got those experiences and you've got a foundation. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head, both of you. It's like you can recall and then think back and think, wow, I can really learn and relate to that. So definitely, definitely would recommend it. Absolutely. Awesome. Guys, this is a good one. I've, I've enjoyed getting back to it. It's been a while since we've yeah. uh, we've all Same. been on and, and read a book. Thanks, Zach. Atomic Habits. Yeah. Remind the group us, effort, yeah, man. Let's, let's do this. The group effort. I, I love it. So oddly enough, I'm right in the middle of Atomic Habits. Right. I just started yeah, it by just be, man. It. I read one chapter and left it on my nightstand. So I am about the same way as I started reading it. I don't know. It was probably a month or two ago. I, I started cracking it open and it was like, all right, this is and it was good timing. It's so hard to next build up, there you go. It's hard to build that. a habit you about know. reading. <laughs> you know, I used to be so good at it until Instagram came out and Facebook and all this nonsense uh, and scroll on my phone. Now. Yes. The war in Ukraine. Yeah. Keeps me up. <laughs> awesome, okay. fellas. Well, hey, awesome. it was it was great. It was great getting back with you guys. Look forward to Atomic Habits. Yep. Awesome.